This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hands Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Oceans 12. We sure are. That's right. Not 11, not 13, <laughs> not 8, 12. Yeah. I wonder what happened to 9 and 10. Hmm. We'll find out. That's what, that's what got Danny into the jail... Uh, when uh, Rusty picks him up at the beginning of 11. Maybe. Possibly. Um, Alright, this movie came out in 2004, directed by Steven Soderbergh, written by George Nolfi and Jack... <laughs> Jeff, what's wrong with Nolfi? <laughs> Nolfi's just fine. Uh, based on characters created by George Clayton Johnson and Jack Golden Russell Terrier... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jack Golden Russell. That's his goddamn dog name. Um starring Jack Golden Russell. Me. <laughs> starring everybody in Hollywood. George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Julia Roberts, Catherine Zeta Jones, Matt Damon, Casey Affleck, Scott Kahn. Wait, wait, who? <laughs> Matt Damon. Oh, okay. Matt Damon. Andy Garcia. Bruce Willis. I don't know. Everybody. And uh, yeah, so uh, Alec or Scott, this was your movie. Well, what's your what's your history with this thing? Uh, saw it in the theater, greatly enjoyed it. Uh, I've seen it uh, several times over the years since, uh, and it is kind of one of my go-to, just kind of put in the background kind of movies. Really, this over eleven or no? Uh that's a that's tough. I mean, I'd still probably go with, with eleven because uh, mm-hmm. the the novelty was there, and they reworked the the. It's credit for reworking the original, which is awful, uh, which is unwatchable. Uh, this the, the, these are very different movies, though. It's yes. almost it's almost comparing you know apples and oranges. Yeah. All right. Um, I also forgot to mention Don Cheadle, Bernie Mac. Um, did you say Andy Garcia? Yes. I think I said Andy Garcia. Saza. And Shaobokin. I'll remember him as... He's the... the what do they call him? The bin man? The, the grease man. The grease man. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I'll, I'll go next. I don't think I saw this in the theater. I know I saw Ocean's Eleven. I did... I'm pretty sure I did not see this in the theater. And um, as we'll get into it, I was severely disappointed with this movie. But, well, we'll talk about that Alex, you? Uh, I also watched this in the theater. At the time, I was disappointed with it, but on the rewatch, I changed my opinion on it. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. We usually, as usual, we're going to talk about seven topics from the item, seven items from the movie. Mm -hmm. Scott, lead us off. Jeff, seven. seven. (laughs) Yeah. That's what this podcast is called. Ocean (laughs) Should be. Uh, My number seven. Uh, so there's a, a there are a couple characters that that play themselves in this. Uh, however, 
Uh, my favorite one is the one at the very beginning, uh, as they they run through the the roundup, which I have more to say later. But the the <laughs> uh, Topher Grace stuff is, is yeah is pretty hilarious. Uh, I I will say I think this movie is easily funnier than the first one, at least for me. Uh, so I think I think it's got that going for it. Uh, but mm-hmm. just all all the stuff Topher Grace, how he's he's trashed the hotel room, the shirt he's wearing that <laughs> says your boyfriend wants me. Uh, mm-hmm. but the line about how, you know, he's, he's, he's whining about how he just quit the show and he phoned in that Dennis Quaid movie. <laughs> what was that uh, one? Is that frequency? I, that was not frequency. No, that's with what's his Jesus. Face? That was with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, frequency. Was it traffic? No, no, Is Dennis no, no. Quaid in that one? No, he, it was romantic. Like, well, I guess it was romantic comedy. It was more like day after tomorrow. It had uh, ScarJo in it. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, Lost in Translation. Yeah. Yeah. No. I forget the name of it. But yeah, he, like you said, he phoned it in. He phoned it in. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I thought that, that was funny. Uh, you really get the the first... So you, they use a lot of the handheld camera. And that's really the kind of the first scene that I really remember it. With like all the natural lighting and everything. Uh so yeah, the the Topher Grace stuff. All right, I guess they couldn't get uh, Dawson's Creek back. I wanna wait. Wasn't he the? It, it he, was. He was the other guy, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was Joshua Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. JJ as we, as we as we yeah. call him. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joshua Jackson. Woo! And for real. All right, um, I got very little good to say about this movie. Um, so usually what I do, I do negatives first and then positives. Ne- I'm going to do the one, <laughs> the one positive, which I, I love Ocean's Eleven. That would be one of my go-to movies. I can just put on in the background, love watching it, uh, or I'll just watch the whole thing, you know, with full attention. Either way. Um, so it was good to see the cast again. Negative. I, it was good to see all the characters. Um, yeah, to see the Danny Ocean and Rusty and Linus and all those guys. It's great to see them again. That's it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Alex, number seven. Uh, my number seven, I won't go into it too much because Cot said he was, it had it higher in his list, but uh, I kind of liked Danny Garcia going and uh, almost for everybody except for Rusty, I think, visiting everybody personally about, you know, the debt and I found you with his two goons and everything. I thought it was a bit, it, it took too long, but it was nice seeing, Yeah, it, it was a nice way to to see what everybody in the crew was doing at that point and what they were doing with their money, if they were being successful or not and everything. It was, it was, it was cool, even though it took a bit too long, but I don't see, I don't see, you know, how you could do it without taking the time to do it, especially with like 11 people in the crew. So. All right. I mean, it was like the same scene of them putting the, the crew together in the first movie. It's a way to do that, but we already know the crew, so now it's just catching up with them, right? That's a way to mm-hmm. do the same thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, Scott, what's your number six? Okay. Uh, number six, and this is one of the things that, that this movie uh, took, took in a slightly different direction than the first one. Is it kind of sets up this, this sort of heightened reality that uh, they that kind of plays up in the the third movie as well uh, mm-hmm. that there's, there's this whole 
um, I don't know, maybe society is too strong of a word, uh, but there's this this whole um, anything like group, network community. Yeah, maybe yeah, community. community. That's yeah. Good. There's this community of 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 these thieves, and they're all like they all know each other, uh, but they're all kind of cool with each other. And yes, they're criminals, but none of them are really bad guys. Uh, and, you know, they they say several times in this movie that that uh, Tulur, uh, the Night Fox, has broken rule number one, uh, which is just basically you know putting other thieves in danger uh, or dropping the dime on them, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and they play up again all of the the lingo. Um, the the idea that they're uh, like able to pull all this stuff up on the fly. There's several heists in this one, uh, but there's uh, this whole idea of these uh, legendary criminals uh, that that they're dealing with. Um, just the the way they they kind of react to everything, which I'll, I'll talk a little bit more later, uh, speaks to this this whole kind of culture that they live. You don't really get in the first movie. Uh, you know, this one, um, what's, um, the older guy, not Carl Reiner, uh, not Carl Reiner, Elliot Gould, thank you, yeah, Elliot Gould is like all of a sudden a criminal as well, like he's, he's like, he knows about all this stuff as well, like, he didn't really in the first movie, uh, where this one, they're all like master criminals to some, to some degree. Yeah, but they alluded in the first one how... Well, actually, they alluded in the third one how Danny, when he was bedridden, uh, Danny said that he was the one that brought him up, taught him some, you know, tricks of the trade and everything. Right. You, you really don't get that impression in the first movie. Yeah, I was thinking of the wrong yeah, movie, but so, yes, you are right. Um, so but the, they had to have him as a contact in the first place. Yeah, no, no, he, he was, like, aware... Stuff. Not to say that he isn't aware of this stuff, but he's not, like, on that, on that level, like, or at least that's not what he's about... And then this, like, by the time the third movie rolls around, they're all, like, super savvy. Like, and, and, you know, I, I, I enjoy it. I like that the kind of, uh, like, world building that they're doing with all, with all that. So, yeah, that's my number six. The one thing is you brought up the lingo. That, it really bothered me in this movie. And I know they do it in the first movie. I just felt this when they were trying too hard with it. And Yeah, well, a little bit. It well, stood out it, to me. What's funny is, like, except for the one scene uh, toward... Toward the end, when it's down to just Linus, Turk, and Basher, yeah. um, like I feel like most of the time they're doing, they're just using the lingo to fuck with Linus. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see that, mm-hmm. but I, know, I just felt a little too much for me. Um, all right, uh, number six for me, um, and you mentioned you like the Andy Garcia, you know, see what everybody's up to. I just didn't like the premise that. He figured it all out, and everyone's busted, and they have to pay him back. It kind of undermined the first movie. It was a perfect heist. Everyone got away with it. They outsmarted the super smart casino owner, and then this movie starts up. It's like, no, they didn't. And yeah, I didn't but like I mean, it. they explain it. I know, but I still didn't like it. I mean, they, they, <laughs> I mean, they, they explain like, it. So, so yeah, I think like Terry Benedict's character, or Andy Garcia's character, Terry Benedict, doesn't outsmart him. It took mm-hmm. this this like super thief to yeah to track everybody down and, and I, I, I get it and yeah he ratted him out to him but I still I just that, that bugs me like I said it was perfect and I guess that's a way to 
to not make it totally undermine the heist. And it, but I just well, they've been, why did this this guy's stupid? All he does is gymnastics, and he's not smart. And everybody, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> anyway, I didn't like it. That the perfect heist movie, perfect heist, and this movie's like, nah, they all got caught because this guy somehow knows. All right, that's yeah. my number six, Alex. Number six. Uh, messing with Linus. <laughs> scene with uh, what's his face Hagrid yeah with Hagrid. Yeah, Hagrid Robbie Coltrane oh Coltrane <laughs> I was just going to say that Scott but I didn't know what, what I was talking about <laughs> that's Gears of War right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah that was great let Linus do this very awkward like poem about the sun on his face and everything and it's all very cringy (laughs) just the look on daddy's face like the whole time and and Rusty (laughs) they just look at him (laughs) I love when they go outside like so he was he was quoting Cashmere the Led Zeppelin song oh okay yeah I need to pay more attention to Led Zeppelin I mean, I doubt I would have caught it either, but he's. But when they go outside, Linus says, or not Linus, uh, Rusty says, Cashmere? Mm. I didn't get that they were talking too fast. He should have done, like, you know, one of the uh, Lord of the Rings Zeppelin songs. That would have been better. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the one's about Mordor. Yeah, McGollum. Yeah. Misty great. Mountains. And at the beginning, you could kind of tell that they're messing with them and everything, but you're still, like, a little bit unsure. Linus is definitely <laughs> bought it hook, line, and sinker. And then, uh, spoiler alert, at the very end, when <laughs> um, he's talking in the van with his, spoiler alert, with his mom, and she's like, oh, they pulled a Lost in Translation on you. And he's like, damn it! He's <laughs> like, well... You did. Oh, you told you told Dad about this. Don't <laughs> tell me. I'm like, I'm gonna live with Dad every time I go visit. Now. <laughs> that was great. Just messing with Linus. Yeah, that, there's there's some good cuts in this. Like when he's like, it's always just like a, it's just like a, it's almost like, and then cuts to her slapping Danny in the face. To test slapping Danny in the face. <laughs> yeah. All right, Scott number five. Number five is, is fucking with Linus. Uh, like, him being super excited that, that he's going to go along to the meet. Um, him bothering Rusty on the plane. Uh, when they're in the train station and he, he's asking about like what, what Tess looks like and, and Rusty's like, now I don't mean to be mysterious, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I can't, you can't ask that and I can't tell you. Uh, some paraphrasing there. Uh... Yeah, just messing with them all the way to the end uh, that they had to, you know, bring his mom in to, to bust them out of the... Yeah. And then at the end when he, when he tells them he's got the the big score coming up for his dad. Yeah. So, yeah. Still still fun. And then... The, <laughs> the, I like the part where he's sticking up for the guy with the agoraphobia. <laughs> and nobody has a problem with it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess this was an honorable mention, but it did not escape me that Casey Affleck was calling this guy a freak, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Foreshadowing. IRL. Has Ben Affleck been in more, or Ben Affleck, has Matt Damon been in more movies with Ben Affleck or Casey Affleck? If you count the Three Oceans movies. 
I already yeah. forget. I mean, I guess we count all the Kevin Smith movies, and I'm sure Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, my number five, and this is definitely a nitpick, but what I feel like when I'm watching a movie and I don't like it, then I'll <laughs> I'll really start nitpicking, and I just have stop eating Brad Pitt, and like I know that's a thing. <laughs> Like, I know that's his thing, and it was in the first one and his other movies, too. But we, So I'm really not liking this movie. I'm like, God damn it. Stop it. I call that's this it. one Thief a la Mood. <laughs> that cracked me up for no reason whatsoever. It's like, it's so stupid, but I, I was dying. That's my number five. Alex. Uh, I am a sucker for a good uh, laser grid scene. Oh. <laughs> What about a bad laser grid scene? No, this one was cool. I know all the, all the stuff, you know, the laser animated or added in between, but all the physicality that, uh, what's-his-face, uh, Pas de Lou, uh, Vincent puts Kessel. on the show. Yeah, Vincent Kessel. He puts on the show. I mean, I think that was all him, right? Yeah. It was, so he did, I, I think what it was is he he did the routine and then they put in the lasers afterwards. Yeah, right. and they Absolutely. they magically have them coming out of like statues with like no. <laughs> it's still cool though. Yeah, it's tiny lasers. I like the part where it jumps on the statue and the laser goes behind it and everything to block it. Oh, I, I, I liked it. Okay, much higher in my list, but for a different reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough though. All right, Scott, number four. Number four is. All the heist in this movie, uh, for a movie about a bunch of thieves, like they, they, there are a lot of heist in this. Uh, yeah. So and then I found each of them enjoyable. Um, it, it, it like you see all of them kind of play out after the fact, uh, which is in, in hindsight it's a little cheap. Um, but yeah. that's how the first movie played out. So but they kind of already had the the formula laid out. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed the first one. Um, them raising up the house, uh, I thought that was was a, a cool uh, I don't know, gag and I don't know <laughs> gimmick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they've got to use the three D thing, which is a little dumb. Lame. But then so is the EMP from the first movie, so I'm not going to really kill it for that. Uh, and you do get a really fun cameo from from Eddie Izzard out of that. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm not going to complain yeah. too much about that. Um, and then you see the, the the real heist of them on the train, and uh, the Night Fox doing the the capoeira <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, laser field thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's all a lot of fun with the the some so we some really really good camera work, uh, and uh, I like the the music and uh, how they're all paced. So yeah, I like the, all the heists. All right. Uh, my number four is similar. I mean, like I did like there were multiple heists, but I did, as you already mentioned, everything being done like told afterwards. Like I think it was so novel in the first one, and here it just it felt cheap. Like you were saying, like I once again, I think because it was done in the first one, and then I did it here, and everything. I just didn't like the way they were done. The, the the vase thing was stupid with the hologram. I mean, it's not even real technology. This is not like it's. Avengers here. This is supposed to be somewhat grounded, and that was ridiculous. Right, right. I think yeah. all three movies are super guilty of this, though. Like, is is the? Th- I mean, if we're being honest, is that any worse than than the EMP in the first one? Yes, yes. EMPs are real. They are, but like, 
Maybe not on it's that massive fucking... a scale, but yeah. it is plausible yeah. that they could steal yeah. a device that could cause an EMP. And take exactly. out the whole city. I don't. Well, it's like like a I subtle said, difference. Yeah, yeah. I will say of the three, I think the the drill is the, by far the most ridiculous of the three in the third movie. But that machine exists. Yeah, but like for them to get that in place, and no, 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 like no, there's not a drill that could cause an earthquake. I'm it, coming from you, baby. Well, it's not an earthquake. It just shook the building. But we'll discuss this when we do the third movie, and I've only seen that once as well. Okay. But this, this, the three D vase thing, whatever the hologram was, freaking ridiculous. To, to be like fair, said, they never they never needed it to actually work. Okay, but they were trying to make it was supposed to work. Mm-hmm. It cost them double. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the the behind that the after the fact telling how everything actually went down, like I said, it was great in the first movie. Here, I didn't like it as much. Uh, Alex, what's your number four? Uh, my number four, even though I I didn't like the whole test scene, I did like that Bruce Willis was getting hounded by everybody about the sixth sense. <laughs> it's like, no, yeah, I figured it out. I mean, you know, it's like, because as soon as she didn't talk to him and everything, I just said, like, that's what I knew. It's like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Willis, he's like, oh, yeah, people so smart. How are we to kill at the box office? It's like, I don't know how many millions of dollars it made. Everybody's a freaking genius after the fact. <laughs> like they give him a hard time, too, about the Oscars, because... Julie Roberts and Matt Damon had an Oscar at that point, and Bruce did not. It still doesn't. Oh, yeah. I didn't. That's what that was. Yeah, Bruce will never, never will. <laughs> Radio what flyer. Does Matt Damon have one? Oh, for writing. He doesn't have one for acting, right? Or does he? I don't know at this point. I don't remember. I think I bought a zoo. Matt Damon. <laughs> I don't or, think he's won. I know he won for Goodwill Hunting for the script, his screenplay, him and Ben Affleck. I feel like he was at least think. nominated for The Martian. I don't know. Marco Polo, I think. Oh. He won for that. <laughs> <laughs> What's his face? Jimmy Kimmel calls it Pody Tail the Movie. <laughs> so, wait, when did Six Sense come out? Like 99 or something, right? So, it wasn't. Nine. Anyway. Um, all right. Well, Bruce Willis, two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Keep, the, keep the Bruce Willis train going. Bruce Willie. All right. Scott, what's your number three? Uh, number three is, as, as Alex mentioned earlier, the the roundup, Benedict's roundup, as I have in my notes. Uh, it was a lot of fun to, to kind of reconnect these these characters, if you know, if you're coming out of the first movie anyway. Uh, and each of the scenes is... Uh, almost all of them are funny, uh, at least the ones that are intended to be. Um Danny's and, and Rusty's are the only one with any kind of real sense of danger, um, mm-hmm. which kind of makes sense because they're, they're the lead characters, um, at least in the beginning of the movie. Uh, but yeah, there, there's a lot of funny stuff going on here. I loved uh, Virgil's speech at, at the engagement party, how he thanks everybody except his brother. <laughs> that, that, that made me laugh. Like At one point, he's like... <laughs> Thinking he's like, oh, our neighbor and his new girlfriend, and the boys down at the shop, and all the other little people is basically what he says. <laughs> like he never, he never mentions his brother. <laughs> uh, you see Scott Con just just kind of uh, like chewing on his tongue. Uh, but that was funny. I forgot. They're supposed to be brothers. Yeah, 
I don't think I remember that. I know they call them like twins and stuff. But I thought they were just like really because they're close friends. I don't think I knew that. All right. Yeah, they're both they're both Malloy's. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I like that he, he doesn't <laughs> again uh, acknowledge his brother. Uh, just the, the constant rivalry that the two of them have. Um, I liked uh, Dell, their their tech guy. <laughs> He's put it on the ridiculous. Uh, like act that's yeah, not funny when he's got the age, yo, so cringy. That's the hardest part to watch. Yeah, in this yeah. movie. Uh, so it says mother. Yeah, <laughs> mom. Then yeah. he like, he fucking thanks. Eh? Uh, he's like, thanks for letting me finish. <laughs> so what can I say? You're a funny guy. I like how all of them, except for again, Danny, really take it in stride uh, that he shows up. Uh, they all have that sense of like cool, you know, that they, they're not gonna, once he's already like there with them, you know, they're not gonna, uh, like run. Yeah. Um, yeah, like my, my favorite one though is, is with Carl Reiner. <laughs> he's talking about, oh yes, <laughs> oh Teddy. Uh, the, the old Teddy thing is, is probably <laughs> uh, my, my biggest quote from any of these movies. Uh, I, I say that quite often. Uh, so yeah, I enjoyed the roundup again. Uh, um, you see right away that the the style is a little bit different um, from the, from the first movie uh, with the way they shoot things, um, with uh, the like the the color palette. Even it's it's a little more dry, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit more to say about that in a bit. Um, but yeah, again, I, I enjoyed the the whole roundup and, and meeting up with the characters. And there's Jared Harris cameo uh, with. Uh, Don Cheadle in the studio, uh, that that was also pretty fun, uh, with all the bleeps. Uh, so, yep, yep, good stuff. All right, um, what were my number three? Yeah, mm-hmm. it the, the you look like her stuff. So stupid, yeah. so fucking hacky. Like you could put that in any movie. Oh, look, we're funny. We're rich. We're famous people. We look like or like ourselves like I, it was just so dumb i hate it so much did did you hate in the first movie when they walk out of the the club and they get ignored yeah that's real they should get ignored there are nobodies mm-hmm. right in world no one knows who george Clooney and brad pitt are they would know who the fake actors were so yeah. anyway you look like her. So stupid. The worst. I, I, one of the worst things ever put to film. I, I'm, I'm like one of the. I think one of the very few people who didn't mind that. Like, fair enough. I, I don't really have like a whole lot to to defend it, <laughs> but I but I don't mind it. I thought I thought it was overall it was pretty fun. All right, you're entitled to your own opinion. <laughs> Alex, number three. Number three is, as Scott mentioned briefly, the filming style of this whole movie. I actually didn't appreciate it the first time I watched it, but this time, uh, yeah, I was completely enthralled by the camera movements, the the choice of cameras. I love the old school, like, zoom in on things with the hard stops and everything. Uh, It it felt a bit masturbatory at times, especially when they were taking, the cops were taking everybody out one by one and they kept zooming in and in. Uh, it, it, was, it was still good. This entire movie is masturbatory. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I like the two, 
but is it much different than the first one or no? That's something I don't really notice in movies, so I, it seemed the same to me, but you guys are saying it's different or there is yeah. there's like there's definitely a lot more of the the handheld camera in this. Mhm. Uh like wait, I don't I don't remember the handheld really in the first movie. Um there's but like the sharp cuts and stuff like that. That's kind of from the first movie. The, no. The, there's a lot of like st- there's some still shots, which I'll talk yeah, about like in a bit. Cool. Um, yeah, there's like I was saying, like there's the hard zooms where it jumps frames. I don't, that wasn't happening in the first movie. Yeah, okay. um, there were there were some close ups in the first movie though. There definitely there definitely were some some close ups. Um, well, every movie has close ups. Um, they they were doing interesting things in this movie with like the point of view, where people would would talk, and you just see them basically talk into the camera. And then they wouldn't show like what everybody else was doing, which is interesting when you've got a room full of ten other people. Yeah. <laughs> theory. Um, so uh, yeah, they, they, like Soderbergh is, is doing some really cool things there. I thought. All yes. right, cool, good one, Alex. All right, Scott, number two. Uh, number two, um, it was a lot of fun to to see the characters again. Um, just uh, you know, kind of I guess be themselves. Uh, the closest thing I can, I can think of akin to this was um, in the what I think is the the best scene in Age of Ultron, uh, where they're all just sitting around shooting the shit toward the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, that that scene is is a lot of fun, and here you, you kind of get that throughout the movie. Um, each of them, you know, in in their the, the kind of quirks, and they're not necessarily the deepest characters, uh, but but it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, you get. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Turk uh, Scott Kahn says a lot of stuff like kind of offhand that it was really funny like um, they talk about going to Amsterdam and you just hear him like at the end of one scene like kind of talking like three, other, three or four other people are talking so you kind of have to really listen to pick it up but he says oh Amsterdam I've never been there I hear German girls are pretty hot there's <laughs> 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 a few lines with that like everything uh, from Elliot Gould um Who's the guy in the one hundred dollar bill? And they all give like a different name. And he goes, "Yeah, that guy." <laughs> the party <laughs> says he's gonna like shit on Scott Con's shoes. Like, um, you get uh, the the twins again. Like uh, Virgil's saying, "You know, I'll give a million dollars if you don't speak." <laughs> and he says, "I'll oh, eat yeah. your whole head." How'd you How'd yeah. you get past? We had the place under surveillance. <laughs> uh, that was great. See Brad Pitt making all kinds of faces in this movie, uh, which is. Again, uh, to your point, Jeff, it's like, okay, like, we, we get it. But some of it's funny, like when she swipes the phone. Yeah, that was And it great. does the freeze frame on him making that sour face. Um, you know, just, uh, you get more from uh, Yen. Uh, he's doing the backflips on the bed, which is hilarious. Um, after they stuff him in the bag. Um, you get Danny being sensitive about them not knowing how old he is. Um, yeah, just a lot of like quirks. Like everybody gets a chance to, to do something. Uh, um, and do you know, I'm I am older than George Clooney was in that movie. Oh God! Yeah, don't think too much. Yeah, but George God. Clooney's still older than you. So there you go. I know, but he just seemed old in that movie, and he's, he was like <laughs> yeah. early forties. I mean, I am I'm a couple years old. Fifty two, forty eight, forty eight. You think I'm forty eight years old? Fifty two. <laughs> <laughs> just twist hey, the knife 
just do just I look fifty to you? Oh, which is uh, a kind of a, a a bit of a foreshadowing moment, I guess, a little bit with him and Don Cheadle in that scene, and George Clooney goes up to Don Cheadle and says, "Do I look fifty to you?" He's like, "Yeah, I mean." <laughs> And he does that whole thing. But have you seen the clip of Kevin Hart and his new talk show with uh, Don Cheadle? No. Well, basically, uh, I'll link it later. But a short version of it is Don Cheadle's talking about something. And he's like, you know, I'm 56 years old. And Kevin Hart, like, without thinking, just goes, damn! Just like that. And then there's, like, this really long, uncomfortable silence. Don Cheadle's just looking at him. <laughs> so just Kevin Hart just goes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I wasn't thinking that just that just came out, you know, from a feeling. And he's like, well, you know, that's really hurtful and stuff like that. He's like, well, you you know, I was saying like, like, uh, damn, yeah, you said your, your age. And he's like, damn. He's like, you didn't say it like that. Roll the tape back. It was a, it was a whole thing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, again, uh, a, a lot of fun with that. Um, yeah. You know, Julia Roberts, um, Tess gets to do stuff in this movie other than just kind of be the 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 prize to be won mm-hmm. uh that was I, I like really i really liked captain zeta jones in this movie too um just oh, kind of careful that, that, higher my list that that rye um like she she's the equal of these guys which um is cool because um not not that tess is dumb or anything uh but she's not a thief so it was cool to like have a foil uh for for them in this movie that wasn't one of their one of the biggest villains Mm-hmm. Uh, adversaries um, yep so again uh, I really enjoy the, the crew here alright uh, my number two is the whatever that guy is the stupid yoga break dancing just the scenes <laughs> of him doing shit at his house and then the whole the, the laser scene was freaking ridiculous and the music was awful during it it was just this man it was awful yeah, it's European Oh my god! <laughs> I would have threw popcorn or tomatoes at my screen if they were available. <laughs> I want to hang out wherever they were hanging out in Lake Como, assuming that actually was Lake Como. That looked amazing. By mm-hmm. the way, there's there's some cool um, locations that they go to in this for sure. As an aside, uh, and a little bit of trivia, I think like the area that they were on Lake Como is actually called like the Bellagio. Like the general area, Ooh. not not like the estate. So there's a subtle reference there to the first movie. There it is. Yeah, I hated the yoga and the break dancing. Alex, number two. <laughs> uh, my number two is Catherine Zeta Jones in this movie was fantastic. Like Scott said, she, she was, was good. She was she was good. Uh, gave a bit more of that cat and mouse. Like she was trying to apprehend them, figure out where they were, where they were going, what they were going to hit. Uh, I like that she, uh, that whole backstory about her dad being a, a, a master thief also, and she forged the signature on the thing because she wasn't afraid to cross the lines to get her, to get her man, to get the bad guy. Uh, I also like the way just when, <laughs> when she came up to the room and afterwards and everybody was yelling at Rusty, it's like, not only, you know, she have sympathy, her dad was a thief and now she's a cop and everything. And while everybody's yelling at Rusty, he's just smiling and going, yeah. <laughs> like, thinking, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I thought she was a fantastic addition to the cast. It's a shame she didn't come back for the third one. Yeah, she was good. She was one of the bright spots, I thought, in the movie. Mm-hmm. Do that. Oh, let's not forget that scene with uh, Robbie Coltrane. <laughs> it's like the guy's a stone. There's no way <laughs> she's going to break him. <laughs> Whisper something into his ear. <laughs> he starts crying. 
That was great. Yeah. By the way, her laser dodge scene was way better than this one. <laughs> well, she yeah, had well, an ass, yeah. she, well, she had an ass double for that one. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You're playing both sides. Got to get a patch for lasers. All right, Scott, number one. Uh, so number one, my notes I put uh, French New Wave with a pulse. Uh, I'm I'm by no means an, an expert on the different periods of cinema. Um, I have seen a couple of French New Wave, and, and clearly Soderbergh was uh, like playing around with that style in this. Um, except he didn't make it. Well, I know maybe Jeff would disagree, uh, but he didn't make it like nearly as boring as that. Um, all like all those still shots um, that you see. Um, that's that's like vintage, like the French New Wave, where there's just these long still shots. Uh, where I felt like this was like using that, but with motion. I, I don't know how to really describe it, um, and it, it creates like a very uh, unique feel um, that that again makes this movie like very breezy to watch. Like every scene um, is, is is beautifully shot with the, the lighting, the colors, um, you know, the the, the different palettes and, and a lot of the, the different scenes um, again are, are, are kind of a throwback. Um, the the music as well that that's kind of an, a lot of that's a nod to um, the first movie of course um, but but also again to kind of the French New Wave stuff um, mm-hmm. and uh, Soderbergh has a lot of fun with that as well um, so yeah just overall I, I I loved how this movie was was filmed how it was shot um, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here big departure from the from the first movie um, so mm-hmm. uh, yeah I, I like that Soderbergh. Like wanted to to kind of change things up uh, for the second time around, even if at the end of the day it was a bunch of rich Hollywood assholes like getting to tool around uh, a few places in Europe <laughs> as opposed to Vegas this time around. I mean, it's uh, not grown ups, but yeah. <laughs> so, yep, that's my number one. Jeff, what's your number one? Damn it, I was on mute. Jeff, uh, Jeff is what? so so angry. He had to mute himself. <laughs> No, my number one is where kind of where you left off here. This movie was just so masturbatory. We are the rich and famous in Hollywood. We are the beautiful. Let's go to Europe. Let's has boondoggle out here. Let's just tell everybody how great we are. Let's hey, Kathy Zeta Jones, we are at a party with you. You should be in the movie too. Come on in. Come on over. Yeah, Andy Garcia, you can come back too, even though you really don't belong in this movie. Come on, man, it'll be great. And uh. <laughs> Let's just bring Bruce Willis. Yeah, you can come too, man. You can pretend to be yourself and we'll have this whole thing with Julia Roberts. And then, yeah, people like, oh, all these inner jokes about how old people think George Clooney is. Oh, I'm going to make a joke about that in the movie. It was just, oh, I did not like it. And like I said, I like these actors and I like seeing the cast again. But this movie, oh, it was a boon. It should be called Boondoggle 12 or something. I don't know. Just <laughs> did not. Did not enjoy it. I've never been more mad at a movie than I think this movie. I it's not terrible like some of the movies that I it's not like awful, but just I was just mad at it. <laughs> and then and then I guess like they have the whole cast, but like Bernie Mac's barely even in it. Like all the, the non that, that A yeah. celebs. Yeah, I think it's one of the, the weird things. Like I don't I I have to go back to the trivia. Like maybe he just like he couldn't like it was a conflict, we couldn't beat it more. But it is weird that, like, he basically disappears for like half the movie. I know he gets arrested after a nail salon. Yeah, because yeah. he was doing the Bernie Mac show at the same time, wasn't he? 
I yeah, possibly. So. I mean, maybe that had to do with it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd like to think that there was like some conflict there. They didn't just like consciously like write him out of everything. But even the other, like the lesser actors, are not. It's not. They're around. I mean, though. I know. You're around, and I get it. People want to see Clooney and Brad Pitt and Julie Roberts. They don't want to see. I don't even whatever those jabronis are, but but still, it's, just, it's it's the twelve. It should be they should be more a little more in the movie. But what like I guess said, whatever. I'm yes. done. Alex, number one. Uh, my number one is uh, even despite all that BS, I still like the chemistry between all the characters. They they did amp up the humor a little bit. Uh, the the timing with uh, all their conversations and stuff was still spot on. Uh, as Scott was saying also, like you can have like one main conversation, but there's a lot of little other conversations happening. And if you, you, you know, you can tune into different ones at different viewings and stuff and get a little bit more out of uh, what everybody's saying and thinking. And it's really what uh, kept me engaged throughout the whole movie. It's just how everybody interacts with each other. Like they're all, yeah, it, it is a boondoggle, but uh, they're all having a good time and you can tell. Okay, yeah, I mean, you can tell, but this doesn't yeah. make a good movie, in my opinion. But whatever. Not the worst movie we've done. <laughs> High praise. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, some... Uh, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, the, the wake-up call was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> it's like, ooh, he's just mean. Just mean-spirited. Uh, dirty. The day yeah. before. <laughs> so Danny Ocean doesn't own a watch. I mean, yeah, the, it's still a funny gag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get it. Like at some point, he would have seen like something. I mean, maybe the night fox came in and, and changed his watch while he was sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. I liked how um, they when when they after the uh, the roundup by Benedict and they all meet up. How they're they're not upset that Benedict's found them and he's going to kill them. They're more upset that. That uh, <laughs> the Benedict is referred to them as Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, who just said another name? Well, like Linus is like trying to stick up for him, and finally he says, "Wait, wait, wait, wait a minute! If you have a problem, who do you go to?" And everybody goes, "Rusty." Clooney's <laughs> 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 uh, delivery here is, is subtle, but it's pretty funny. He's like, "Thank you, Linus." <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, other things, but yeah, that's, I think I'm good for now. All right. Um, I like that everybody learned at least a little bit of Chinese or Mandarin or whatever um, the Grease Man speaks so that everybody can understand him now. And it's not just Rusty translating. That was a nice touch. Yeah, there's a a, uh, cool cameo by Albert Finney. By the way, is Lamarck. Oh, yeah. The Lamarck. Uh, I like that uh, when you meet Catherine Zeta-Jones, she's talking in that uh, classroom, a presentation about Long Con and how some of these master thieves have civilian lives and their families don't know about it. And they're pretty much talking about Linus and his family. I mean, everybody, of course, but I never, I didn't make that connection before. I did, I did like that joke, too, where she said, like, we can't get distracted. And, like, that's exactly when the, the guy finally decides to, to tell her what's going on. <laughs> what? Yeah, it was great. All right. My honorable mention was uh, not enough Bernie Mac, but we already talked about that. So, mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, with that, it's time to go to our crossover topic, which is yeah, it's time to rate the movie. Oh, we rate the movie. Shoot. Okay. That's <laughs> time to rate the movie. Yeah. It's a new thing. Yeah. <laughs> On a scale of one to seven, one being absolute garbage, seven being perfection. Scott, what do you rate this movie? I uh, give it a six. Um, I I just this really uh, this is really easy watch for me, uh, as, as I've kind of said. Uh, yeah, not not much more to add. Um, I, I think. I'm in the minority uh, for, for liking this one a lot more than, than other people. Uh, you, you'd asked earlier at the beginning, Jeff, if I liked it more than 11. I still don't have a, a good answer for that. I, I still think I, w- I would rate 11 higher. Um, I hope I gave Ocean's Eleven at least a 6. Uh, we'll have to go back and see if I... Um, check, uh, check the tape. Roll yeah, back. I'll have to, have to check the... Yeah, go, go to the videotapes. But, uh, yeah, yeah, this is... Uh, uh, Something that I don't mind having on at any point. Scott gave it a five. Did I give Ocean's Eleven a five? You did. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. I guess I did like this one more. Yeah. All right. Um, I also gave it a five, which I thought I would have gave it a six. So, And I'm Alex, cu- you gave it a six. I'm there curious. Like, If you'd asked me, I would have guessed I would give it a six. So I guess I'll have to go back and see why I was being critical. I mean... Yeah, you still haven't figured out our rating system yet, so it's all right. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty complicated. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, for me, it's definitely a two or a three. Do I really want to put this down to a two? I, I really because it's not that bad. Did you give arena? Like did, did you give arena one or two, Jeff? I don't remember. I think you so gave yes, arena it's two. Not arena. So you've got to give it higher than two. <laughs> like I said, it's more that I hate. <laughs> This boondoggle aspect of it. Not that the movie's awful. I guess for that reason, I'll give it a three. Alex. Uh, I'm going to give this movie a five. I really enjoyed it a lot more. Uh, Like when I initially watched it, I think I would have rated it as a four. But now with all the filming techniques that I was noticing a bit more, I was appreciating the humor and the chemistry with the characters... Uh, But I do wish it had like a solid antagonist. Because it kind of... I mean... The Night Fox, the Flora was there, but they didn't show him enough. There isn't enough cat and mouse between Ocean's crew and him to be like a really strong antagonist. For me, anyways. I, it's, it's, it's a good point. Andy Garcia was a much better antagonist yeah, than the first Yeah, because he was a slimy asshole, and yeah, you wanted to see him get his comeuppance. And with Le Fleur, it's like, eh, yeah, not, not <laughs> enough Le Fleur. Le Fours. <laughs> Le Fours. I mean, it's kind of split between him and Catherine Zeta-Jones' character through the first half of the movie, right? But then... Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Too okay, many villains, now... Like any superhero movie. Too many villains. <laughs> now it's time for our crossover topic, which is what, Scott? Our top five instances of actors playing themselves. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I will go ahead and start with my number five. Uh, so this one is is cheating a little bit. Uh, Big surprise. Yeah. Uh, because there's <laughs> m- multiple people in this movie. Uh, but that would be Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Uh, where Matt Damon and Ben Affleck play themselves. Uh, the, the very funny spoof on Goodwill Hunting. Uh, <laughs> where they're, mm-hmm. they're filming... Hunting season. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they actually get the guy back that that he schools in the first or <laughs> yeah. in, in Good Will Hunting. But this time I'm smarter than you. 
<laughs> oh no, we only get it too. Uh, so that was funny. Uh, but even funnier was uh, Biggs and Vanderbeek. Uh, Jason Biggs. I'm always going to be the guy that fucked the pie. <laughs> uh, that might have been the, the funniest line in, the, in that movie. It's been a while since I've seen that, by the way. I don't know. I'll have to go back and give that a watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was one of the things that came to mind. So, uh, yep, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Back in the early aughts. Is when that came out? Yeah, 2001, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Honorable mention for me. That's a good one. I have so many, and I'm having a hard time ranking them. But um, <laughs> I'm going to go uh, Simpsons here. And, I'm, oh, and only because of the very last scene, and I'm going to go Lucy Lawless. Yes. Oh, <laughs> nice. That's a good one. Yep. It's a very good one. Um, I approve. So yeah, Lucy Loss is on at the very end. She keeps saying she's not Xena; she's Lucy Lawless, and then she's flying, <laughs> flying through the air. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, wait a minute! Xena can't fly. I keep saying I'm not Xena; I'm Lucy Lawless. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> must die in classic Lauren Green pose. <laughs> All right, Alex, number five. Uh, my number five was also going to be Jason Biggs, the pie fucker, but I pulled in one uh, that I think is better. Actually, I don't know why I didn't put this on my list initially, but David Bowie and Zoolander. That's, that's, that's honorable mention. Awesome as, as the judge for the walk off. It's a walk off. Yeah, him, him, and him, and somebody else that I'm not going to name just in case it's on somebody's list. <laughs> yeah. But uh, David Bowie is great. I believe I could be of assistance. Let's dance. <laughs> he pulls it right, boys. We're going old school rules. Ah, his, his whole scene there was phenomenal. Nice. I'm actually. Never I miss seen you, David that Bowie. Movie. All right, Scott number four. Uh, my number four was Lucy Lawless. Okay. So. All right. My number four is Robert England in Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Oh, I thought you, you were going to say Mary with Children. No. I don't... I, I, I saw it around when it came out. I don't remember anything about that movie, though. I remember it not being good, though. It, it's not the best movie. But, but, yeah. Basically, Robert England is in the movie playing himself, who you know knows he plays Freddy, and but this whole weird shit. But I had to put a... West Craven movie on here, mm-hmm. so West Craven there fan. You go. A West Craven fan, and that was a because remember West Craven only did the first movie and then that movie, and then in Scream at the begin. I think it's the beginning when uh, uh, Drew Barrymore says, "Yeah, I saw the first one. The rest all sucked or something like that." that was <laughs> West Craven making fun of himself a little bit there, which I liked. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Alex number four. My number four is Eminem from the movie The Interview. Did you guys catch this one? I didn't watch the movie. I don't. Uh, I, I think I saw it. I don't remember Eminem, though. It's at the very beginning of the movie, and uh, James Franco, as his character, you know, uh, he's interviewing Eminem and everything, and he's saying, you know, what do you think about all these accusations? And Eminem's like, you know, it's weird how everybody is. Uh, hating on me and stuff and really dragging me down because I they think all my lyrics about, you know, hating gay people and stuff when in, when in, in fact, I'm gay. 
And then it just, <laughs> the whole scene kind of freezes. Dame Franco is just looking around at his crew. He's like, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? <laughs> Eminem's like, yeah, I'm gay, man. It's, it's finally nice to just come out and say it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a nice little scene, a, way, a good way to start the movie. All right. Scott, number three. Uh, so I really struggled with my, my top three here. Um, but... I went ahead and put as my number three from Zombieland. Yeah. Uh, oh, Bill, you fuck. Bill Murray. Yeah, that's my number two. That's <laughs> my number three. Uh, Bill oh, fucking Murray. Bill fucking Murray. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave you guys to, to talk about the rest. But, uh, <laughs> that's my number three. Is uh, spoilers, by the way. Huge spoiler. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, well, that's my number three, too. The only thing I'll add, I mean, yeah, it's classic. Uh, when they put on the Ghostbusters outfits and everything was pretty hilarious. And then the whole Garfield joke when he dies, it's gold. <laughs> All right, Alex, number three. Uh, my number three is uh, a very short cameo, but I, <laughs> I like that because it was Will Ferrell interacting with her. And it's Nancy Kerrigan in Blades of Glory. Uh, where... <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the movie, but uh, Will Ferrell plays a skater and he's got a uh, sex addiction. So he goes, hey, Nancy Kerrigan, you an official here? Because you've officially given me a boner. <laughs> <laughs> and she just looks at him and is like, I'm sorry, I have sex addiction. It's a real <laughs> disease with doctors and everything. Uh, that was just a, a cool little moment. <laughs> All right. I've seen that movie once. I really don't remember it. Scott, number two. Uh, number two is another Bill. Uh, a Bill Lee. And that would be Billy Idol from Wedding Singer. Oh, that's a good <laughs> Damn, one. Damn, yeah. That is good. Uh, that's pretty much well, the second one I thought. And it's probably it's the second one on my list. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just... Favorite part is, like, Billy Idol is pretty funny. Uh, but my favorite part is just the guy that stands up <laughs> yell at uh, Gulia. Yeah. You don't talk to Billy Idol that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So good. Perfect, the perfect 80s like, uh, cameo to, to yeah. have for this movie. Yeah. You see, to him, My favorite. W- women are objects yes. as well. Hey, Billy Idol gets it. I don't know why she does. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite moment with him. <laughs> even objects. Even women are objects to him. All right. Um, my number two comes from a TV show, and it'll be one Carl Weathers from Arrested Development. Oh, God damn it! Pretty good. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Yeah, baby, you got a little bit of bone. You got stew going. He's just his whole his whole character's arc throughout those episodes are so great. Mm-hmm. When they're at Burger King, and he's like, "They'll give you a refill on any any type of beverage you get here." Tobias. It's, like, it's a wonderful <laughs> restaurant. Yeah. Oh, God. So, Carl Weathers, my number two. Uh, Alex. Bill Murray, Zombieland. The Alzheimer's. Do you have any regrets? <laughs> Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Just the fact that he has the makeup on at the beginning to pretend to be a zombie is genius. All right. Scott, number one. Uh, number one, pretty easy pull. Uh, that would be Neil Patrick Harris, um, who is 
sort of playing himself in uh, all of the Harold Kumar movies. Uh, yeah. Snorting, <laughs> snorting coke off of the, the girl's ass through the sunroof. <laughs> A speeding car going like 80 miles an hour. Um, I still don't know how I feel now uh, about the Branny thing. Uh, but it is funny that uh, that he like knows about this this whorehouse and uh, <laughs> he, he there's there's a whore that he chooses named Tits Hemingway uh, <laughs> that he yeah. sort of rises from the dead. But uh, mm-hmm. yep, MPH, good old MPH. Nice, very good. I have his honorable mention, but I've never seen the entire movie. I've just seen like the scene from at least from the first one, so it did not. Alright, my number one's a cheat, but I've mentioned this enough on the show that I'm going to include it. And that is all the different uh, British actors on the show Extras. <laughs> so you had your... Bowie again. Daniel Radcliffe and whoever else. Uh, Gandalf the Grey and... Patrick Stewart. Uh, Patrick Stewart. Make, make it so. All of those. <laughs> Um, just oh, you mentioned David Bowie. That's one of my favorite ones. With David Bowie's on there. <laughs> Sad little There's... fat man. Yes. <laughs> Stupid little fat man wants to blow his brains out. Yeah, one of the watch that the other day. It's not on HBO Max. So, like, I know it's an original BBC show, but usually, like, that stuff would be on HBO. Right. I thought that's how right. I watched it initially. Mm. Yeah, that sucks. Um, I hope it's not like yeah, one extras. Of those, one of those dumb regional things. Like how Netflix has like everything, but depends on what country you're looking. Yeah. Or, or what yeah. country you're streaming in. Yeah. That's yeah, true. I can try logging into the VPN. But anyway, yeah. extras. If you haven't watched it, try to find it and watch it. Ricky Gervais. Alex, number one. My number one. And <laughs> it's not a particularly big cameo, but this is the first one that I thought of. And it always cracks me up. <laughs> and <laughs> he doesn't even say a word, but in Dodgeball, the movie... <laughs> when they have to, when the judges have to vote <laughs> on whether to let him continue playing or not because of some stupid rule, and at the very end, the one that casts the deciding vote is none other than Chuck Norris. It's out of nowhere. So, so, so not so Chuck Norris from Dodgeball, but not Chuck Norris from Sidekicks. Uh, that's right, Chuck Norris from Dodgeball because that was funny. Okay. Yeah, Vince uh, Vince Vaughn. He's like, "Thank you, Chuck Norris," and he does a little move with his hands. That's great. Chuck Norris. Chuck All fucking right. Norris. Um, my honorable mentions. I didn't include this, but is Seinfeld playing himself in Seinfeld? I don't know. No, but, but uh, Larry David definitely is. <laughs> He'd curb your enthusiasm. Okay, here you go. And then I had Arnold Schwarzenegger in Last Action Hero. Yep. And, oh, um, nice, yeah. And, and Bob Saget, not Bob Saget, well, Bob Saget's one of them, but Entourage had a, a lot of people yeah. kind of playing themselves. And um, Larry Sanders Bob Saget show was pretty funny. Had some good ones. Yeah. There, I, the first, I thought of Larry Sanders show, so Arnold mentioned the uh, <laughs> an episode of Elvis Costello where he goes aggro on, on his dressing room. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I think it's the finale with Jim Carrey, right? Like, he shows up, and it's, it's good stuff there, too. Uh, Stan Lee, Mulretz. That's right. No, that's oh, a really that's, oh, that's a really good one. Damn. Yeah, yeah. I almost made it. Uh, I don't, I don't want to mention right. a couple 
guys, they're not really actors, but uh, I, I managed to come up with both of them without having to look anything up. Uh, Bob Costas on News Radio. I don't know if you remember that that episode, Jeff. I don't. So they they get nominated for whatever radio awards. Oh, okay. And Costas is there, and uh, Joe Rogan picks a fight with him. Um, like he's uh, and like he taught like Costas actually tosses around Joe Rogan, and at one point Costas goes up to to congratulate them. And uh, what's what's his name? Is named Dave in the in the show? Uh, but. Uh, Anyways, he goes, go to hell, Costas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. And, uh, and then at the end of Basketball, Reggie Jackson, he's like, yeah, <laughs> some kid took my ball. Yeah, I wish I got it back. I don't have your fucking ball. <laughs> some little shit got out of the stadium with my ball before I get it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Oh, what's the guy from uh, Naked Gun? Reggie Jackson. Oh, that's him? Also too? Reggie Jackson, yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, that's cute. The queen. queen. The queen. All there right. There it is. Uh, it's time for Alex No Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? So I just found this out, and I wish I would have found out uh, closer to when we actually did the episode, but there's... <sighs> did you guys know that there's an actual Field of Dreams game that they have every year? Well, I'm almost every year. It was delayed. They, they don't have it every year. <laughs> they don't have it every year? No. Oh, this okay. was the first year. No. They've, they've been wanting to do it. They play games there, but I don't think they've ever had the MLB game there. Yeah, not MLB guys. Well, they don't play on the original field from the movie. They actually built an 8,000 fan stadium next to Correct. that one. So, yeah, you know, it's still small and everything. But I kind of wish they would would just play on the on the movie field with like <laughs> the the wooden bleachers and everything. That would have been awesome. But there, there you there's, go. There's this uh, podcaster that I've been kind of following lately. His name is John Boy, J O M B O Y. John Boy. Uh, he he like breaks down like, like sequences and different games, uh, mostly baseball, um, and it. It's, it's pretty funny and kind of insightful. But he, he had this one where um, he had people like send in like the most ridiculous baseball fields. Um, and yeah, some some of the fields are like, <laughs> I don't know how people would ever played on these things. Like there was one in South America where there's like a, a bridge and like one of the, the uh, it's pillars is like to this bridge is like right and left field. And like the, the field's like underneath the bridge. Uh, Jeebus. <laughs> yeah, the, and that that was like not even like the most ridiculous one. But, uh, anyway, uh, speaking of fields uh, mm-hmm. and and John Boy, John Boy, hey, uh, get that guy a pitch here. No pun intended. Yeah, I mean that was cool, but that was the first year they'd ever done it, Alex. Uh, but oh, yeah, okay, pretty cool. I'm sure that it, I'm sure they'll keep doing it now. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if it's always going to include like the White Sox or I don't know how they're going to handle that. But maybe they. Well, it said that the one is the game in 2022 is going to feature the Cubs and the Reds. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Now is it only teams from Chicago? I don't know. I have no idea. All right. <laughs> how many teams do nope. they have? Let those two. Maybe they have, they could have the Braves, Boston. Yeah. All right. 
And with that, it's time for Neom News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Okay, so uh, not a lot that I want to talk about. We we covered Suicide Squad last week, right? It's all it's all a haze to me. I'm assuming I don't we remember. Yeah, we did because I didn't like it. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, right. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Uh, I went out and uh, bought myself a, a fancy new monitor uh, that that is. <laughs> That was the last bottleneck for, for my computer. So now I can do 1440, I can do 4K, depending on the game. Uh, so I've, I've been going through and, and playing some, some games in my catalog, but I, I started up a new one um, now that I have this this new monitor uh, to get the full experience. I, I picked up the, the Legendary Edition of Mass Effect. So this is, again, like me triple-dipping. Um, I might have mentioned that I actually did pick this up and played a little bit, but I don't remember. But um, we sat down in earnest now, uh, and it's it's. <laughs> Damn it! I was about to say it. What, what was that? Haver. Yeah, Haver. <laughs> Missed that. Uh, donut entry. Um, <laughs> so with the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, uh, it's it's yes. a pretty impressive port. Uh, or, or or HD res version, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. It looks really good. Um, it's really smooth. Uh, all the frames, uh, full 60 frames. Um, I've only played the first one so far. Um, and obviously that one's going to see the most gains <laughs> of, mm-hmm. of, the, of, the, of the three. Um, yeah, it is impressive how, how much they... they uh, Kind of modernize the look here. I mean, no one's necessarily going to mistake it um, for for some some of these newer games, uh, but there's still some some impressive uh, set pieces. Um, some of the, the cool effects that they they put in there um, really kind of pop. Uh, so if anybody you know had the itch to play Mass Effect again. Uh, I definitely recommend doing the legendary edition. Uh, yeah, you get all three games with it for the price of one, really. Yeah. So I wouldn't necessarily but, say it's a bargain if you already own all those games, but uh, it could be more painful. It could be like full price for each of them. But what's uh, your favorite store on the Citadel? <laughs> That's the real question. Yeah, I'll have to figure that out. Mm. Uh, also, it's it's interesting me playing it with a mouse and keyboard. By the way. Has only really done the, uh, the Xbox for the other three, mm-hmm. well four really, because uh, I did play through Andromeda, Andromeda, <laughs> uh, as Alex likes to call it. Yeah, Andromeda, Andromeda. All right, uh, yeah, that's that's really all I wanted to go over this week. Uh, we're we're kind of in between shows, uh, new movies coming out. I think Dune comes out next month on HBO Max as well as theaters. Uh, so you didn't watch What If? Did that start? Yeah. Yes. What? I, would, I, I know, I gotta this. watch it also. I haven't seen it I did. I did not know this. Uh, what if Scott didn't actually watch a Marvel movie at the moment? I know. What if, <gasps> I, I've been busy. <laughs> and, and by busy, I mean... Uh, I don't know. You played Mass Effect, got it. Yeah. Uh, kind of a fun. Well, that was over the weekend. Before that, I don't know. 
So we is it on the first episode? Just the first episode, or is it is it weekly, Jeff? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's weekly. It might now. The second one might be out by now. Huh. But, cool. I can't believe I didn't know about this. Like, I'm curious because I I I I would have thought I would have seen something pop up on Reddit with with the way I unhealthily scroll through that every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, huh. Oh, well, I guess I guess we won't be talking about that unless Jeff wants to give like a quick yeah or nay on it. Nay. Nay, as in I won't. Hate, 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 hate. No, no, no. Hate, nay, as in I won't talk about it. Okay. All right. You're going to nay the yay or nay. But not, exactly. but not nay giving it. Nay the yay or nay. You're not giving a nay, you're just naying the yay or nay. Well, I'm not saying I'm not giving it the nay. I'm just saying I'm giving it the nay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The you're giving the nay and giving the yay or nay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hate, hate, hate. I, I will say there's one hate. I got to give this out. Okay, this one's about. Um, what if Steve Rogers didn't get the super serum, but Peggy Carter did instead? That's the first what if. If you look at the cast list, it's everybody. It's I don't want to give out characters to show up, but like anybody who's been in a Marvel movie, they're they're the ones voicing, except for Steve Rogers. I don't get it. What the hell is up with you, Chris Evans? Kiss my butt. You <laughs> <laughs> just didn't want to do it. There's no. You, I'm out. There's there's two people, two kinds of people in this world you can't trust. A McMahon and the Chris. <laughs> and the Dutch. And the Dutch. So, I hope he has a good reason. But anyway. Yeah, it just didn't feel like But yeah, definitely watch. It's interesting. It's fun. It's, I, I, whatever. I'm not going to say anymore. All right. Well, that's all I wanted to talk about. Uh, Alex, anything to, to add? Uh, yeah, I, st- I started. I finished uh, Reckoning, Kingdoms of Amalur. I really enjoyed the journey in that it's one. The really ending was Amalur. Yeah. The ending was lackluster, but other than that, just everything else about it was great. It's an older game, so I recommend getting the original or re-reckoning. I heard that one's good too. And I started playing uh, Control. Okay. On the PS4. And that one's already giving me a lot of creepy vibes and uh, it, it it's really a mindfuck like pretty much right off the bat. It's, it's pretty cool. They do some subtle things. Where it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> and I yeah, backtrack, that, and then no. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> what just happened? Yeah, my, I, 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 I played like the first hour and a half, hour, and yeah, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> and I know exactly what you're talking about, Alex, without spoiling anything, like going through that mm-hmm. first area. It's like, this isn't adding up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. So I'm liking it so far. Gonna play it with my lights all the way turned up in the room. Can't do it. I I didn't feel like it was like jump scares. It was just like weird. I know, but it's yeah, it's very creepy, atmospheric, and uh, yeah, like I said, yeah, control. Think. Yeah, and yeah. I, I know everybody I know that, that has played it uh, has has given it a positive review. So no, I should get back to it. I also have it on the the PS4. There you go. And this for. For Jeff's edification, uh, this is a, I guess it would be a third-person shooter? Yes. Like, at its core? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot more stuff going on around that, but that's basically the, the gist. Yep. Third-person shooter in a building, a government building that has a lot of secret artifacts, and you have telekinetic abilities, and creepy shit happens. There's floating people everywhere. It's nuts. I haven't played a scary game in a long time. 
probably like fear or I I still wholeheartedly uh, rec- Doom. recommend the uh, the Resident Evil Two remake for anybody that has not played that yet. Uh, I haven't played it yet. It's know. pretty rad. It's too real. Pretty I rad. Hope that, <laughs> I hope that's not Chris's blood. <laughs> I've never played a Resident Evil game ever. Uh, you might enjoy four. That one's that one's awesome. I think that's still my favorite of all the Resident Evils. Hopefully they're as good as the movies. Yeah, pick out oh, they're you. better. <laughs> Merda. Hope so. Way better. <laughs> okay, anything else, Alex? Uh, nope, that's it. All right. Jeff, anything you wanted to go over besides uh, <laughs> yeah. over me failing? Yeah. So what if we'll wait to talk about that? Uh, I did watch a movie which I've never seen, and uh, which is Catch Me If You Can. I've okay. never actually seen that huh. before. So, hey, and I did like it. So I don't hate all movie, new movies that I see these days. You just have to be good, I guess. I mean, I yeah, it did come movie, out like yeah. twenty years ago, but okay. <laughs> yeah. like, no, I'm saying new to me. Like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, Ocean's it's, Twelve almost came out twenty years ago. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's. I, I agree. I, I I haven't seen it in a while, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's pretty hard for Spielberg to make something that isn't watchable. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And uh, I think that's it. We already talked about yeah, Suicide Squad and Jungle Book or Jungle Cruise. I just keep playing Arkham Knight. Just keep over and over <laughs> again. I think that's oh, it. That's the other thing. Sorry, real quick. Uh, I played the open beta of Back for Blood. Oh, I did too. <laughs> oh man, I didn't. Oh, you, you mean, should, you mean, you mean cross platform? You mean Back for Dead? Whoa! I know. If you yep. liked Left for Dead and Left for Dead Two, this is going to be right up your alley. It's so far, even in the open beta, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I did. I did one of the. I don't. I don't know what what they call them, but just the overall missions where, like, you do the first three, and the fourth one gets real. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Not that there isn't challenges in the first three, but the, the fourth one's like okay. <laughs> I can see, you can with... see the first three were preparing me for this fourth one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I, it's it's Left for Dead, but with uh, a little more inventory management. Some kind of mm-hmm. I don't know if it was roguelike exactly, but uh, there's there's like a card system. Get yeah, there's abilities. perks that you can you, pick up. You perks to start with, perks that you can pick up while you're playing. You can find yeah. them like around. Exploring yeah, a little bit. I, I didn't remember in, in Left 4 Dead, was it, was the ammo universal, or was it specific to the weapons, like it was in this? No, it was specific. Oh, wait. You know what? I don't remember. Um, I did, But I did like that you need to pick up the right ammo for whatever you're carrying. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, this one, I, I don't remember it really being a thing in uh, Left 4 Dead, but uh, the melee in this felt really good. Like, I picked oh, yeah. the, the character yeah. with the baseball bat, and I just went ham. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I was playing with like three other friends, so uh, it wasn't like I had to depend on strangers to like watch my back. I could be like, "Hey, I'm gonna run up here." Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, that that felt good. Uh, yeah, so go try it out while it's still in open beta. Yep, looks fun. There it is. All right. Anything else? The other thing I watched was uh, Fixer Upper Welcome Home. <laughs> All right. Chip and Joe doing more stuff in Waco, Texas. Yeah, that's it. That's all I've been watching. HDTV, man. That's a, that's a wormhole. Mm-hmm. Rabbit hole, I should say. Not a wormhole. 
Yeah, it's a wormhole. Uh, it's yeah, fun to watch other wormhole. people spend money on their house. <laughs> it's have an ending okay. disaster. My budget is only $70,000. Well, you can only... <laughs> in Amarillo, Texas, well... You can only get this 5,000 square foot home with a, with a pool <laughs> and a three car garage. Yeah. Uh, and a spaceship. <laughs> spaceship. Goddamn and, spaceship. And, a, and a robot butler. <laughs> Wilford Brimley and the spaceship. Yeah. So, <laughs> I gotta share this. Laura just told me this today and it cracked me up. You guys know what a pot filler is? In the kitchens? No. You'll see them. It's like... Uh, it's right behind the stove. So say your stove is next to a wall. There's a, it's a, basically a water nozzle that comes out from your wall and you can just fill oh, up your pot there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as opposed to like filling it up by the sink and carrying it over there. But it looks like, a, in her defense, it does kind of look like a mechanical arm. She thought you just put a spoon in there and it'll just stir you. <laughs> it'll stir <laughs> your pot. So you don't have to constantly do that. Oh, I was dying. Oh, that would be very convenient. It is a nice feature, I yeah. admit. Now, now she wants one. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the robot arm. Like, the water should yeah. do whatever. But... Robot. Yeah. Yeah. robot. Program one, Jeff. <laughs> Race him, Jerry. Yeah. All right, that's it. Anything else? No. Nope. Oh, Marissa Tomei, Seinfeld, playing herself. Oh, that's a good one. Hmm. Kind of Costanza thing going on. <laughs> Too bad you got a little Costanza thing going <laughs> Oh, and also John Voight. <laughs> that was great. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.